0: Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, holiday extravaganza. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. All month long, I'll bring you interviews with authors chatting about their holiday-themed cozies. You'll also hear authors sharing their special holiday memories. And you'll find holiday photos and recipes on the podcast Instagram. Happy listening. Welcome to another holiday bonus episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Tony L.P. Kellner, writing as Lee Perry, joins me in the corner to chat about The Skeleton Stuffs the Stocking, her Christmas-themed family skeleton mystery. Welcome, Tony. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. The other day, I saw a woman wearing a sweatshirt that read, Deck the Halls, underneath a drawing of skeletons decorating a Christmas tree with pumpkins, and I thought of you and your family skeleton series. So what's happening in the skeleton stuffs the stocking?
1: Uh, well, and let's see. It opens where they've, um, the family dog, the, uh, I should get, 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 kind of get the premise of the series, is that, um, Georgia Thackeray is an adjunct English professor and single mother. She's living with her parents, um, with her teenage daughter Madison, and also her best friend in the whole world who's a skeleton named Sid who lives in the attic, or maybe not lives, but he exists in the attic for sure. And he's a walking, talking human skeleton, and it just kind of goes from there. Um, The skeleton Stessa stocking is the sixth in the series, and it opens when the dog gets let out by some guests. And Madison and Georgia go looking for the dog, and when they get the dog back, the dog's got a bone in its mouth, and like, oh, and it's clearly a human femur. Like, oh gosh, it stole Sid's bone again, and Sid hates it when that happened. So they go to talk to Sid to apologize and bring him his bone, only to find out it was somebody else's femur. So we have a very, very cold case to work on.
0: Now, a family dog uh, literally. taking your leg bone and chewing on it must be sort of an occupational hazard of being a skeleton.
1: (laughs) It kind of is. It's kind of a love-hate relationship with the dog. The dog loves Sid, but Sid doesn't like the dog so much.
0: So what other challenges does Sid, being that he's no flesh and only bone, uh, have to overcome uh, in his crime-solving efforts?
1: Well, obviously he can't go question suspects himself very much. On the other hand, in, in... Gosh, in, in these COVID days, he would actually be very well situated. But he uses the phone. He can use computers. But he, uh, his um, going out to the real world is very much limited. So he and Georgia have to work as a team.
0: Are, are there any benefits to being a skeleton uh, when, you're, when you're solving crimes?
1: Well, you don't sleep. So all that kind of boring computer stuff that sometimes you have to do to solve a case, he can stay up all night. And work on that he doesn't sleep he doesn't eat um and he he can actually kind of compact himself into small por- uh small places um really as long as his skull is present he can see and hear and talk and of course this makes no sense but since none of this makes sense we're okay with that um so when he so we can so Georgia can take his skull along in a bag and kind of have and he takes the skull along one hand and his cell phone so he can um text her if need be or call for help so she's he kind of, she's kind of got back up in a bag
0: bit of a, a literal talking head sometimes
1: pretty much he does he does make a lot of bad bone jokes <laughs> i just don't know where he gets them
0: <laughs> although it would be a good listening device much much uh, more fun than just a regular bug you know have a, a skull on your bag to eavesdrop on on people
1: Absolutely. It wasn't actually in the, the second book, yeah, in The Skeleton Takes a Bow, it, the, their entree into the murder at all, which is always a challenge for an amateur sleuth, writing amateur sleuths, is to get the uh, the sleuth involved in something, a reasonable way. And in that case, Sid overhears a murder in a place that he wasn't supposed to have been. He got left behind accidentally by uh, George's daughter. And he overheard a murder, and there were no other witnesses and no evidence other than what he heard. So that's kind of the way to get the amateur sleuths involved, because they can't really tell, call the cops and say, well, my skeleton's had overheard a murder, but there's no evidence. Can y'all investigate, please?
0: Uh, no, that probably wouldn't go up very well on a 911 call. Not so call. much, not so much. <laughs> uh, the family skeleton is, of course, a play on the uh, the expression skeletons in the closet. So how did you get the idea to make an actual skeleton the star of your series?
1: You know, I really wish I had a good story for this, and I just don't. I There was a few years back, and I was actually trying to sell a different series. And um, I was in a dry spot. No one was interested. And so I was thinking, and my editor at the time said that, well, the paranormal series is, are doing pretty well. So I started thinking about, well, maybe I'll do a paranormal series. I loved reading them. And I was like, what the heck? But I thought, well, I'm not going to do vampires because one of my best friends is Charlene Harris, and she pretty much uh, had that one locked up. Um, And the werewolves, nope, my friend Dana Cameron's doing her fame novels. I don't want to go in there. And I started going through the various paranormal creatures, and I knew of angel mysteries, um, witch mysteries, ghost mysteries, cat, ghost cat mysteries, witch cat mysteries. Um, All of the, the normal and even bizarre things had been taken, and suddenly I just said, well, no one's done a skeleton mystery. And for some reason, this struck me as a good idea. And so I wrote just the first couple of pages of Sid appearing and it sat on my computer for 10 years. Oh, wow. 10 years. (laughs) Pretty much. I went, that that other series sold. So I wrote three books in that. I did some anthologies um, and did a lot of books. And then I, you know, again, the series I was working on came to an end, which was my uh, where are they now series. And I thought, well, what's, what's selling? And my editor said, well, crafts um, and paranormal and historical. And I, Historical requires a lot of research, and I'm lazy, um, and I don't really do crafts. So, And she said, I'm not really big on the crafts one, but, but give me something paranormal. And I went, and so I gave her a bunch of different ideas from different things. I think I had eight different, like, one- or two-page uh, proposals. Or it came up to, like, seven, and I wanted an even number for whatever reason. And and my husband's like, well, throw in Sid, that skeleton thing. That might be fun. It's like, well, no one's going to want about a walking, talking skeleton making bad Jones. A bone joke, but what the heck. And I threw it in, and she went through it, and that was the one she keyed in on instantly. Same with my agent. They're both like, oh, yeah, this one. Like, okay, (laughs) this will be fun. And it has been.
0: It's obviously proven very popular if you're, um, with seven books in now?
1: Six. I'm working on the seven. Okay. (laughs) I have six books and one short story that hasn't come out yet.
0: And and how did you decide to go for humorous paranormal because a lot of paranormal series go for spooky but um other other than the uh,
1: chance to make bone
0: jokes which no one should ever pass up
1: well really shouldn't you never know when you get another opportunity um i when i those first few pages i did back when i first came up with the idea just had him kind of the juxtaposition of a scary skeleton not being scary i don't know it just came out funny to me and his name was Almost the same. It was like Sid is a silly name for a skeleton. I'm going to use it. I don't just, I, I don't always plan it. A lot of stuff just kind of happens. I do tend to write more on the lighter side than on on dark side. Um, when I'm doing a short story, I can go into darker, deeper places. I just can't live there for a whole book.
0: And Christmas isn't a holiday uh, most commonly associated with skeletons. So, what inspired you to set uh, the skeleton, stuffs, and stocking at Christmas time? What, why why a Christmas skeleton?
1: Because skeletons are not associated with Christmas. <laughs> okay. Just because they're not. Um, I keep Halloween in my heart all year round, Alexia. Uh, just, I mean, on a personal, on a totally uh, financial level, I was, Christmas books, especially Christmas cozy, tend to sell well, so that's there. I just like writing Christmas books. I find them a challenge because you're having a crime, you're having a murder, but I don't like to get too gory because I' still want to keep both the cozy kind of um kind of feel and also the Christmas feel. So I've actually done a lot of Christmas mysteries in short stories and in novels, both just because I like that I like the juxtaposition. I like, and I like the challenge of trying to have it a murder, but not too scary, and not but not ruin Christmas. And got a, like... a, a murder and a skeleton and Christmas. Well, see, that's why it's a cold case. Because when it's a cold case, it's not quite so upsetting as when you've got a fresh body sticking under the Christmas tree.
0: <laughs> and with the cold case, it, that the whole image of the dog showing up with someone's leg and um, thinking it belongs to the guy upstairs is actually really funny. There you go. Now, now, you mentioned that
1: skeletons don't eat, but if Sid could eat, what would he have for Christmas dinner? What would he have for Christmas? That's an interesting thought. Well, since see, he didn't have to worry about his weight. He could probably have everything. Um, we we tend to be at a Christmas ham dinner, so I think he would join in on our ham.
0: And uh, what's what's uh, Sid's favorite Christmas story? Is he a, kind of a Victorian ghost story fan, or is he more of the the Hallmark Christmas
1: movie type? Uh, more of the Christmas special. You're without Santa Claus and the Grinch who stole Christmas. And, and actually, when you think of the, the the Grinch is not,
0: uh, well, now it's a traditional Christmas story. But you know, when it, you first think of it, it's it's it does kind of uh, go against the you know the Rudolph and Frosty. So I, that that seems like a, an appropriate choice for a Christmas skeleton to to have as his favorite movie.
1: And its like funny when I was doing stuff the stocking, and since Sid doesn't sleep, he watches a lot of Christmas specials, and I kept making kind of inside references to all of them and my agent sent back it's like you you left out my favorite one. Why doesn't he like Emmett Otter's jug band Christmas? and I'm like, I will put in Emmett Otter's jug band Christmas just for you. My agent is Jewish, but he still wanted that in there
0: <laughs> and always. Give your agent a little Christmas present, right?
1: Absolutely. I also send him gingerbread, but you know. Okay. <laughs> now you you um, collect
0: skeleton figurines and, and images, uh, right? So what's what's your what's your favorite?
1: I will tell you this is not visible, but I am currently wearing a red sweater with a white skeleton on it, and the skeleton has sequent Christmas or a uh, Christmas lights decorating it. <laughs> so so that's new for this year. <laughs> so
0: what do you what do you find skeleton uh christmas uh sweaters and and, and things like like that, that, i said that i should have asked the woman that i saw where she got hers from but she was also um uh hugging some uh crocheted uh teenage mutant ninja turtles and so i was i was
1: distracted by the turtles <laughs> yeah i can understand that uh, this one actually came online i was looking at a website it's um Torrid.com. Hot Topic is kind of sells band merchandise and a little bit punkier types of clothes that I some in, in um, popular culture kinds of merchandise that I get for my daughters. And uh, Torrid is kind of this, the, the version of Hot Topic that has the same types of clothes, but they're for bigger people like myself. So I was just looking on that and saw this sweater with a skeleton. And, and I had looked for years for a good Christmas skeleton sweater. And found this one. I was so happy. I cannot tell you. Before this, I would make them myself. My daughter is an artist. One of my daughters is an artist. The other one's a musician. Um, and so she draws things for me. So a couple of years ago, I had her design a, you know, an ugly Christmas sweater kind of look, but with Sid in the middle of it, and little skulls for the, uh, the little motif.
0: And do, do you oh, have uh, Do you have skeleton shirts for or sweaters for other holidays?
1: Well, uh. Let's see, I've got one, see, I've got a couple for Halloween, of course. Um, not as much for the others, I just kind of use the ones I've got, because, yeah, you know, skeletons go with anything. They're basic black and white.
0: <laughs> An all-purpose neutral, right?
1: They really are. I don't know if you saw, but last, not this past Halloween, the Halloween before, Home Depot was selling these 15-foot skeletons for decoration. Oh, and no, people, I you know, got the, a lot of people got them and put them up but then it's like they're, they're hard to get put up and it's like, so what do you do with it the rest of the year? So now they're selling outfits for them to dress them for the rest of the year. Have so you've seen <laughs> Christmas skeletons and St. Patrick's Day skeletons. They just put a new outfit on it. Oh, well, that's kind and of so fun actually. It's a nice level of commitment. I have not gone that far. <laughs> they were sold out. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> it does not like fun. Just sort of a a uh, modern-day version of, of paper dolls, and you dress up your skeleton instead of dress up the little paper dolls.
1: I remember while they were selling crisp, like statues of geese, and you'd get little hats and different things for the geese every year, every holiday. So I guess it kind of went from that, from goose to skeleton. Sure, why not? Yeah, well, the
0: geese are cute, but not as impressive as a 15-foot skeleton in a Santa hat.
1: No, really not. The Easter bunny ears were great, too. <laughs>
0: And so for, for all the people who were disappointed that they missed out on the 15-foot skeleton, where can they get a copy of the skeleton stuff stocking to cheer themselves up?
1: Um, the usual bookstores, as far as, you know, online or in-store, Barnes & Noble and Amazon, and a lot of the mystery booksellers are, are carrying it. Um, it's a couple of years old now, so it may not as be easy to find at the stores. You might have a special order. But if you're shopping online, it makes no difference anyway. It's true. <laughs>
0: and uh, speaking of online where can readers
1: connect with you i actually have two websites one for each name uh, is lee i'm lee uh, lee perry author.com because lee perry.com was taken um and then for the other for tony Kellner, i'm tony lp and i'm on facebook and twitter too but you can find all those links on the website and, and that's where people can
0: find out more about uh, the next uh, SID adventure and your other uh, writings, like your short stories. And um, as you said, your social media uh, links are there, too. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Tony, for joining me in the corner to chat about Christmas skeletons and the skeleton stuffs the stocking. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another bonus episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I've been chatting with Tony L.P. Kellner, writing as Lee Perry, about The Skeleton Stuffs and Stocking, a family skeleton mystery. Until next time, happy holidays and goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Tune in next time for another chat with an author writing on the lighter side of crime. Until then, goodbye.